Welcome to the Fit Affiliate Podcast, where we talk about behavior and behavior-based conversations as they relate to CrossFit affiliate owners and coaches. My name's Lisa Hetherington, and I'm your co-host. Sitting alongside me are Tony and Chuck, the founders of Fit Affiliate. And here we are again for another fun episode of the Fit Affiliate Podcast. Sitting alongside me are Chuck and Tony, the founders of Fit Affiliate. How are you, good sirs? Well, we're for sure not alongside you. I am like uh, literally on the other side of the planet from you. So <laughs> I should say virtually. I actually, a yeah, lot. it's interesting. So I know on Zoom, it isn't a universal pattern for the screen. So mm-hmm. I don't know who you are actually next to. So on my screen, Lisa, you are on my top left, Tony, you're on my top right, and then I'm in the bottom center. Yeah, it's universal. So I kind of am okay. sitting alongside Tony. Yeah. You're it's, in the uh, same spot for me. I'm in the top right. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. I like that feature. I don't like the yes. unpredictability of like where other people might be. I don't know why that bothers me in any way at all. But Zoom is the worst, right? On Zoom calls, yeah. I'm like, because I always want to point to like Lisa. And then I'm like, yeah. but I'm actually pointing to Chuck. And he's like, why are you pointing to me? I'm like, I don't know where you are. Yeah. It's a bit like we've had some Brady Bunch calls where everyone's like looking around to, to see who's who's with them. Um, All right, gentlemen. Fun topic today. Uh, Email came out to our mailing list yesterday, which which struck some interest in me about um, coaches using phones and why uh, in classes to take photos and get content and understanding that as affiliate owners, we want to build our brand and we want to tell our stories. But if we're not taking photos and video in class, like how do we do that? And one of the things that I've been seeing a lot, which ties into that through the socials is you often hear, particularly from affiliate owners that might be struggling, is that CrossFit's hard to sell. How do I sell it? And, you know, why is it important to build our brand and to how can we tell our stories through content and capture that in the best way if we're not just walking around with a phone in our pocket ready to snap? Well, this is... Buy a good camera and go study all the old CrossFit media team stuff and you're welcome and you're done forever. (laughs) good chat then see you next week (laughs) but really i mean holy shit how many people have been utterly captivated by like really what at the end of the day i think all of us can agree at some point competitive exercise gets to be boring as shit to watch even at the highest levels by the time you're like you know six seats into a workout but yeah the media team crushed it because at the end of the day you have the ability to easily simply visually storytell a hero's journey of an aspirational identity to just overcome these universal human struggles that get to be analogs of just like external objects. Mm. Like in one picture, you know, it truly does tell a thousand word story. So just get good pictures of your clients and they will build a brand for you and share the shit out of on social media. Mm. So we're done with this podcast. This is a record at three minutes. Um, Yep. (laughs) There's, well, I'm biased in the conversation only because uh, I guess you can call me a photographer. So there's a certain there's a certain degree of specificity that I'm going to avoid giving out in here because I don't think that it's terribly important. But um, I think the conversation that you are attempting to incite, as you so often do, um, and blitz us into, is a conversation of coaches' attention as opposed to media proliferation um to chuck's point 
a little bit goes a whole long way. I think for a lot of you guys is it applies to getting your story out there, your, your media and, and, you know, just photos in that. Yeah. Like a camera is not terribly expensive and it's massively better than your iPhone. And to that end, there is for sure almost a hundred percent guarantee that somebody in your gym has some degree of a photographic background, just get them to come take a handful of pictures over the course of a few days and use them for the next, I don't care how long, just that's all you got to do. What you don't do and what you've got to stop doing is telling your coaches or letting your coaches get their camera out in the classes and be distracted with that for a whole whole host of reasons. One, the photo quality is going to suck. Two, they're likely going to take a picture or video of somebody moving terribly. And then on top of that, it's just weird, right? It's weird for a lot of reasons because it's a little bit um, insensitive to some degree that now this random coach has pictures of you on their phone. And that's odd. I mean, that in itself is weird. I mean, I know we live in a very social world now where everything is shared, but that part's weird. But respectfully, that person is being paid to coach and they're there to coach. They're not there to take photos. They're not there to do other things. And that is a bigger part of the conversation, which I think we'll get to somewhere in this call, which is, you know, misaligning your coach's attention and then being confused why your coaching quality is so low, but you've got them doing a million things like cleaning the gyms, restocking the bathroom, running the pro shop, taking photos in your classes, checking people in, updating, like all those things play a role in how much attention they have. So maybe the least of which they should probably be focused on is the thing that they're not good at, which is taking photos. And maybe listen, in this situation, one of your coaches might have like a hundred million followers on TikTok. Good for them. That's theirs, not yours. I'd be curious how many people had a media release in their client paperwork for the beginning of a relationship. The I didn't. <laughs> you don't count. Right. Oh, but I don't like, count. <laughs> you pause for hesitation mm. without any of the first, like before we even worry about what happens in a class, mm. what happens in that relationship? Cause like, Dude, that's intellectual property to some degree. And that's, uh, yeah, man, just people don't, people don't take it as a, an opportunity. And I don't think they take it very seriously or put a lot of thought into it. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, we always, we always had that. But uh, we would also ask that if members use, when we had a photographer come in, um, like Sheridan used to come in in the opens and game days, take photos. You're welcome to the photos, but could you do us a courtesy and tag it? When you have a photographer or a videographer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're all, you know, it always gets a good reaction from them. But what they don't like is having their picture posted regularly in the middle of their ugly squat face and a failed rep or otherwise. And like, you know, there's a difference between quality content and just content. And that I think is a big part of the conversation. Which this whole thing, I think, as a disclaimer, this is one of those conversations where it's a little bit insensitive. And I don't want, want to come off as like one of those people who's telling everybody that, like, what you're doing is wrong. Like, I think sharing what you do, however you would like to do it, is better than not sharing it for sure. But I know that your coaches can do a better job coaching. I know you want them to do a better job coaching. So let's just not distract them with things that they're not necessarily inherently good at. On top of that, there's just a better and easier way to do it. But respectfully, you do got to tell your story. And I think that that's really what this whole conversation is about more than it's really just about picture quality or photo quality or video quality. So the question really then I guess is for 
if we're posting stories or you're posting pictures, the question is why, right? Like, what are you doing it for? Naturally, that is to some degree, I would assume marketing and conversation, right? Like you mm -hmm. want to get people's attention. Um, and yes, the general consensus is that CrossFit is very hard to sell. Nobody's interested in blah, blah, blah. All these, these narratives that exist out there that are probably, frankly, relatively justified. So the question then becomes, if you're posting pictures and you're trying to market, what are you selling? And this is where I think everything goes wrong for some <laughs> Because you're not selling exercise. And if you keep posting pictures of exercise, that shit's everywhere. Nobody cares about that. Right? Like nobody really, nobody that's not a client, your clients love it. Listen, your clients love having a picture of their PR on your Instagram and all those things. That's very different. That's not going to result in somebody new coming in the gym. Not unless like they already are a lifter and they're like, I want to lift like this person, but that person is probably a terrible client to bring on in the first place. But you have to know what you're selling. And so, you know, Chuck kind of touched on it already, which is, you know, telling stories. What you're selling is solutions. We've talked about this enough times. That's hard to photograph, right? You can't take a picture of a solution, but you can absolutely take a video, a picture, et cetera, of like a before and after or a, a, life, a, a client life cycle journey or tell a client story. And that's a better use of everybody's time. You know, so if we're trying to do things like marketing, building up your Instagram page with just hundreds of pictures of people doing workouts, hmm. I'm not sure it's telling your story, but you might not know what your actual story is. And so that's why it's got to start with, what are you selling and what business are you actually in? How many selling yeah, I... photos can you take in a day that don't have an entire exercise movement contained in them? Mm. Like hugs and high fives go a whole lot fucking further than handstand walks and hang snatches. <laughs> yeah, well, one of my favorite tricks was on a after a Saturday workout when we finished, I knew that everyone would be high fiving and you know patting each other on the back. So I just put myself in the corner of a room where I could, you know, capture those as they happen because I knew that they're the ones that you know, you need, I needed more so than just the people, you know, throwing barbells around. Yeah. And like, and, and so that speaks to kind of what Tony was getting to, you know, like, what are you really selling? Mm. You can understand selling identity. If you can understand selling belief, if you can understand selling accountability and community and, you know, the things that speak to universal human condition shit, then it makes a whole lot of sense. If you're like, I sell people CrossFit because fitness is good. I mean, you don't not. It sure is, but that's not quite what you need to focus on for your own benefit and theirs. It's not necessarily what people are, are buying when they come to you, even if they don't realize it. Oh, for fuck's sake, you don't sell CrossFit. You can't sell it. It's a thing you do. It's not, it's not what any affiliate sells, but it's what every affiliate keeps trying to sell. And no wonder... No shit, you're having a hard time because CrossFit's free. You can do it for free. It would That's be like if you selling. went to the fucking like the shoe store and they're like, "We would like to sell you some running." You like what the <laughs> fuck? Sell me running. I can it's just really go. I'm the shoes so I can go out and run. I can just go yeah. do the thing. Like right, that's the point. CrossFit's the same way. People can just do the thing. You're not transacting in the thing. Yeah, it's just the thing you do, and like. So many of the struggles, pricing and in in sales and in coaching and all these things, are all centered around this 
confusion that the thing that you are selling or the business that you're in is CrossFit. It's, I get it. You are an affiliate. High five. That's amazing. But even that just gives you the right to use CrossFit, the name, likeness, et cetera, in it. But respectfully, the ability to talk about it and do it under licensure for people. The thing you're selling is what CrossFit will do for them. Hmm. Take those pictures. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to exercise. Not even the people who are good at it. Like I've been doing it for 16 years and every day I still don't want to do it. I get to do it. Sure. Whatever. However you want to frame it in your mind. But like if there was a way that I could avoid not doing exercise and still get all the benefits of exercise, I wouldn't exercise. Mm. And this is a person who does it seven days a week for 16 years. Literally this morning, Vanessa asked me, do you want to work out? And I was like, this would be a good area to work on bringing some attention to being very deliberate and specific with words. No, no, I don't want to work out. <laughs> but will I Should we work yes. out? Was I planning on working out? <laughs> Is it time to work out? Those would all be the same thing asked differently in a more productive manner. But no, dude. So you're going to have a hard time selling it. Like you get people who are really good at it, who have made an entire life, traveled the world teaching it. And we don't want to do it. How are you going to sell it to somebody who's never done it? Right. Like maybe if you're lucky because they've never done it, they don't realize how bad it is. That's probably your best bet if you're trying to sell exercise. But even then, it's only going to take one exploratory workout and 72 days of soreness that's going to follow for them to be like, I don't I don't like this at all. I don't want to do this one bit. Like maybe I'm going to go try to take that weird doctor pill. Right. It's no, the just... good news is if you ever take a week off for the rest of your life, you feel exactly the same as you do right now in your first week. Maybe don't put that in your marketing slogan either. Like once you start, you actually can't quit because if you do, it's going to be bad all over again. Right? Yeah. Or maybe do. Maybe that'll keep people from quitting because that is a lesson that most people have to learn the hard way. They're just like, I took three days off. Why is this so bad? It's always bad. It just, it's just varying degrees of bad. Yeah. It's never not bad. But maybe we don't tell that story. Maybe you tell the story of what business that you're actually in. And that is understanding why everybody walks in the door and then getting them there. Well, I think that's very confusing is that what's unique to CrossFit is that regardless of the story that comes through the door, the answer is the same. Mm. It's fitness in a hundred words and out the other side comes a completely different person. So naturally it's understandable that you're like, that's what I sell. That's fitness mm. in a hundred words. No, that's the toolbox. Right. You fix the car. You're not selling the tools. You're fixing the check engine light. Really? Nobody came in because they wanted to buy your set of tools to go fix their own car. They came in because the check engine light is on. And their car is not running. They're going to give you money so they can drive that same car home. It's the same thing that's happening with your people. You have hmm. a unique opportunity because of the business model that you can curate content that teaches people and shows people why the tools are so valuable for solving the problem because i can just go and break a fucking bulb in your dash and the check engine light goes off but the problem's not really solved no. but if you got to see like the mechanics tool set you got to see all of the work that he did when you get the three thousand dollar invoice you're like you know what 
I'm glad it was him because if it was $3,000 for that dude to do it, it would take me a million dollars in 15 years. <clears throat> and so, you know, like picture a Will Luera doing fucking weighted lunges with a sandbag on his shoulders and lunges suck always for everybody. Lunge ass never doesn't suck. And so like weighted <laughs> lunges for sure. Double suck. Picture B Will Luera walking up the fucking pyramids at Machu Picchu with his daughter on his shoulders. Oh, do you see how the tool works to solve your problems? Mm. You have a chance to use your media and your content to make it make sense to them in a way that a lot of the coaching conversations in the gym never will. Mm. And it's it's selling that uh, the the dream. You're you're offering the dream or the you know rather than just the the tools of how to get there. Well, yeah, I mean, the marketing speak, you know, the escape arrival framework or the vacation of the plane flight, whatever you want to call it, that is for sure what you're selling. But, you know, to Chuck's point, the beauty and the curse of CrossFit lies in its elegance, right? Like it is very simple. It's very effective. It's very quick, lethal, et cetera. Like it, I guess lethal is probably a bad word. Using the framework, <laughs> but, um, it, it, it's, it's very, very good at what it does. And I think that that is for the same reason, one of the things that makes it very hard for a lot of people to conceptualize or communicate, right? Because like you find a lot of, especially newer CrossFit coaches or trainers unable to truly articulate the, the power, the value in the immensity that is CrossFit. So they try to just they over talk about the tools, right? They want to, they want to communicate like, you know, it's like the mechanic again, going to toolbox and being like, this is my socket. It's the best socket. This socket's really, really well. But if instead he explained to you like how that socket actually works and what it actually applies itself to and why it's a specialized tool, that's a very different conversation. So it's the right conversation, but the wrong context. Mm. And all things have to be focused, not necessarily on just the marketing of it, of like, you know, escape and arrival. It's just that what you guys do is essentially offer people the ability to shrink time. Right? Like you could, anybody could figure out and learn what everything you've learned. But the good news is you've spent the last decade of your life developing your craft. So in exchange for a couple of bucks a month, they get access to all that information directly, implicitly applied to them and their mm. needs, as opposed to Googling and being like, <laughs> uh, might work and you try it and it kind of works but you're like not good enough and then you know okay so you try the next one seven months later you could have just paid a coach to begin with and you'd have been done with that in like four or five weeks hmm. and that's i mean that's hard for you to take pictures of and post but you know the nature of of the of the mailer that went out the email that went out was essentially a conversation of distractibility of coaches and really focusing on really what it is that you care about and that is you know, caring about people, not necessarily being a photographer. But um, as it applies to the gym's needs, you do need to tell that story. But the question is, are you telling the story or are you telling CrossFit's story? Like CrossFit's media gets to get away with a lot of things because like they do get to tell the nuts and the bolts and the pieces and the puzzles of CrossFit, like the constantly varied functional movements, because that's what they sell. That's what you bought when you became an affiliate, when you bought your L1, your L2 and your L3. Theirs is working. You using their stuff isn't the same because you're not selling that. You're using mm. that. You bought that so that you could use it. So naturally, people think that if I just repurpose that content and sell it, it's a different audience. right? Like mm. You need to take what you learned and understand that you bought it 
understand it, rearticulate it, and then sell the right thing to the right audience. But most of you guys don't know what business that you're actually in because you're just like, no, unless you're selling seminars, you aren't in that business. Hmm. That's a really good point. Um, particularly where a lot of people will just go, oh, HQ did this post, I'll do something similar, or I'll just share that, or, you know, rather than their own relevant Because they're trying to sell things. people on going to L1s and signing up for the open. Yeah. yeah. You're trying yeah. to get people that can't touch their toes to want to snatch and clean and jerk. Yeah. So if you are going to look at media as i maybe this is on me that i should have clarified better like look at old journal articles don't don't think yeah. crossfit games media but look at the stories that they tell of, you know killing the fat yeah. man and looking at the impact that crossfit has had even even to extrapolate out you know the schools in the water in kenya yeah. like oh this is a community of people that do things that make the world a better place i would like yeah. to belong to a community of people that make the world a better place that contextualizes well. So yeah, not yeah, not the games. Yeah. The well, it's, it's a big conversation with most things marketing too, right? Like a lot of people, when it comes time to run marketing or come up with marketing or be creative as it applies to marketing, we tend to frame it through our own perspective, right? So when it goes, when it comes time to brainstorm what I want to run for an ad or sponsor as a post or place as an ad. Typically speaking, most people make the same mistake and they post things that are relative to them, right? They're like, I liked this post. I want to post it. Well, yeah, because you have a completely different lens, a different Oculus into this whole thing than the person who you want to buy, right? Like you like exercise-ish, right? Like you do it. You understand the value. So it's easy for you. You understand how cool it is that somebody has 400 pounds over their head. You understand what it's like to have finished that series, you know, of movements in a workout, like that stuff calls to you. And that's why you click on it and engage with it and talk about it and repost mm -hmm. it and share it. The people who you're after, not only do they not understand that stuff, they have no frame of reference for it. And if they have anything, it's a complete aversion to it, right? They're just like that. I can't even walk down the stairs. I don't want to, I'm not going to like a photo of people running. <laughs> like I'm definitely not going to go to a running place. Right. Like now your gym is a scary place. <laughs> you need them to walk in there because like you're going <laughs> to save their life. I already don't like the elliptical. This thing looks like a fucking half hamster wheel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fucking, well, they got cocaine everywhere. No, that's chalk. But I can see where you would think that because you would have no <laughs> idea what chalk is if you've never been in a CrossFit gym. Right. But like they're like, this hmm. gym is crazy. They're just blowing cocaine all over the place. No wonder everybody's so excited about the workout. Climbing ropes? I couldn't climb a fucking rope in middle school. Now I got to take my heavy ass old broken adult body up a rope? <laughs> How much cocaine do I got to do in this workout? This is weird. Right? Like, they just, all the stuff, like, it's like the, thank God I think we're past like the whole hand ripping thing. Right? Like, oh, I'm yeah. I still like, see them. I still see yeah, fucking like, pictures and videos of torn hands. But nobody, you got 4,000 friends on Facebook. Only like 30 of them know that the, how you did that was cool. Everybody else is like, so did you grab a hot pan? <laughs> like, yeah. Are you okay? Oh, do you have leprosy? Why would you <laughs> do that? They don't, they don't get it. And you're like, no, this is the coolest thing ever. It was my first rip. So they're just like, uh, you, I have a great therapist. Do you want to call them? <laughs> or do you like a cutter? Like, so it's just. A, if you're in you Texas, everyone's like, bro, I didn't know you roped cattle too. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real thing, but I figured it could it could work. I mean, it's it does work. Not a real thing. Yeah. Um, and so, 
as it applies to your direct conversation, the post that you're referring to, and I guess if you guys didn't get the email, you should definitely sign up for the email list so that you do get these emails. Um, you know, that's one of the big problems the coach is taking, you know, pictures, right? For one, you barely know the story. They definitely don't know the story, right? So it's not a good use of your time. Uh, I'm not advocating that you go hire somebody and spend a bunch of money on something because I know you probably don't have the money to do it. However, there are far more affordable, better uses of your time that will in, incredibly produce revenue for you if you just spend a little bit better time and attention letting people who are good at things like this do what they're good at so that your coaches who are good at what they do can just focus on what they are good at, which is a whole different conversation. Yeah, so let's maybe investigate, like dig into no. that side a little bit first. No, I don't no, want it. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, so moving from that conversation, right, like the one thing that is, is definitely present in – I don't know how many consults we've done at this point. Um, there's for sure almost a guarantee that in every single consult, if an affiliate is present, that there's going to be a universal complaint about um, coaches not doing what you need them to do or what you'd like them to do, or if they're doing it, they're doing it poorly, um, or else like there's a plethora of things that need to be done, but you're not sure how to even get the coaches to do it, right? Like those things are pretty common in whatever semblance of the words that happens. And so generally most of you guys got like, so you got your coaches trying to do sales and your coaches also doing some mopping after class. And then they probably do some pro shop stuff, but is that the best use of their talents and their time? I don't even know them to know that that's probably not right. But you, I do know one thing, you probably have a plethora of coaches or you for sure have more coaches than you have anybody else as an employee. So it just stands to reason that like, can I just have these employees do other employee type things? Sure. If you don't really particularly care about the quality of the things that they do, because like coaches aren't janitors, they don't care about cleaning. Right. And so you don't get to get mad when you're like, they mopped, but they did it shitty. No shit. <laughs> like they're just not good cleaners. They're just that's not their thing. Or like if you got your coaches doing you sales, you can't really be mad. Turn on YouTube and check out carpet steamers. Yo, let me check these <laughs> sick ass squeegee techniques. Oh, you go left or right with the downward swoop. <laughs> Although I will watch window squeegeeers and people vacuum for hours. That's like a weird sort of thing for me. I, I, don't I know spent some time in the commercial glass world. <laughs> ASMR is a real thing with a vacuum. I'm just like. <laughs> How weird is it if you can draw the same correlate in any other service industry? Hmm. Your waiter's not cooking your food. And, yeah. And they're not taking you your Instagram photo of your meal to post it. Like, do you yeah. want the dishwasher to come out and be like, can I take your order? You'd get the fuck up and run right out the door. <laughs> like you smell like hot ass, sir. Or you know what? It can be done well. It can be done well because how many of us have gone to like an incredible food truck that one person does do everything, but you have to recognize the inherent limit of skill because there's zero fucking leverage. Right. Yeah. And you don't. So this... like when you have the intent of bringing on employees as human leverage, you have to think about it as actually having a worthwhile lever to pull on. And if you pull on one big lever and it just splinters into a thousand pieces, it's a shitty lever. Yeah. 
but yeah, if you're bringing in people for leverage, use them as leverage. That doesn't mean like evenly distribute the load. And now all of a sudden they're a support beam, like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so part of it is just, it's a universal frustration for every affiliate owner. And then it's perpetuated by the intended solution, right? Like one of our favorite questions for every single client is, does this solve a problem or does it create a new one? Right. And like, no doubt about it. If you need somebody to do sales, it's logical to be like, you know what? I coaches need more money. They want to do more things. I'm going to let them sell. Fine. That's absolutely fine. But now it's going to pose a problem, which is that like, now I got to train them to sell. And he's actually terrible at sales. How do I fix the sales? Well, you shouldn't have let him sell in the first place. Right. Unless like he's good at it. And so that's kind of like, the root frustration here is that now you've created a new problem. You solved the problem by creating a new problem. So no problem was actually solved at all. It was just transferred. You moved the goalposts, you swept the dirt under the rug. And it's hard to advocate, you know, it's a lot like telling somebody who's hungry, you know, to count their macros, right? <laughs> like I will eat dirt. And this is Chuck and I's like favorite sort of joking conversation, right? But like you can eat dirt and convince yourself that you're actually eating but we all know there's no nutritional content in that dirt. And I don't care if you ate 72 spoonfuls of dirt, you're still going to be hungry, right? Like, so it didn't solve the problem. You just moved the dirt around. And yeah. this is what ends up happening. And so the conversation here is that like, no, you need to hire as more people. They're like, I can't even pay the people I have now. How the hell am I going to hire? That's the problem. Trying to utilize the same people to make more money who is not good at making that money there's a reason why you're not making more money. I'm not telling you that you need to pay more people. You need to create more opportunities to generate more revenue, right? And so the point of employees, employees are not expenses. They are assets. They have, every employee should be making the business money. It should not be costing the business money. It's not like a daycare provider, a babysitter. They're just like, please just make sure nobody dies and I'll pay you, right? Like, but that is really kind of how it works in most gyms. But respectfully, like hiring a salesperson, hiring a cleaner, hiring a coach, hiring a front desk person, those people, if that is their sole focus, there is no way they don't work circles around somebody who's fragmented in their attention. And if somebody is working circles around someone who's fragmented attention, that is 100% going to lead to an increase in revenue, increase in quality, increase in duration, decrease in attrition increasing quiet satisfaction, increase in pretty much every conceivable area, as well as no doubt about it, your expenses, right? Your expenses are going to go up for sure because you got to hire these specialists, but they should be definitely two to one increasing the revenue. That's a limiting belief conversation, which we don't need to go down that rabbit hole today. Mm. Lisa's like, yeah, we do. We should do that. <laughs> we will at some point. I, I did want <laughs> to pigeon, maybe not pigeonhole, uh, make like a little note for a future recording. It was funny because based on a couple of consults that Tony, have had, Tony and I have had this week, money came up and I just thought about an interesting corollary in the gym. So we can we can kind of do this in the future. I don't want to be a millionaire. Yeah, you do. Aha, you were with it. So Lisa, have you ever had anybody that came into the gym and their biggest obstacle or reservation in advance was that they didn't want to get too muscular. They didn't want to get too big. So many. So, so many. And you're like, cool. I get it. Reasonable fear. Mm. Here's the thing. It is not going to happen accidentally. No. At all. No. 
even when you're trying really fucking hard, it is really fucking hard. And it does not happen quickly. And so no. where I'm going with this is it is wild to see how many people come into consult that say, I'm not trying to get rich. I'm not trying to make a million dollars. I don't want to be a million. Like some variation of those three things. It's like, great. Awesome. Here's the thing. Even if you were trying really fucking hard to be rich, even if you really did want to be a millionaire, that shit is not just going to magically, accidentally, mysteriously manifest. You're going to be like, oh my God, I've got too much money that came too yeah. quickly. <laughs> I can't, so I can't deal with it. A, we can explore that in the future, but it's a good way yes. to take a limiting belief that a lot of coaches and owners know is absolute and utter bullshit and realize that it is a hundred times more true when applied to money, which is yes. why you know on a thousand to one ratio, more fit people than millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, a really I mean, good point. Keeping and I've noted that. the same conversation though, right? Like, in, in just so we can kind of circle back and it makes it make sense, like, your limiting beliefs make it virtually impossible for you to be able to relate to post conversations and communications that involve other multiple millionaires, right? Like you can't even process. It's like today's post. You can't even process that somebody would ever pay that much for this house. It's one of seven for them. Mm. Like you can't even fathom that for the same reason. The person on the couch at home who knows that they're literally dying cannot process that you willingly work out multiple times a week, if not a day. It's all a matter of perspective and perception, but you need to understand who you need to speak to, right? Because you need her to get off or him to get off the couch and get in the gym because you're here for the good fight. You're here for the mission. And the mission is not to collect all the CrossFitters like Pokemon. The mission is to convert more people into Pokemon, right? Like that's the goal where we have to turn, we got to create more Pikachus. <laughs> Um, Squirtles. Uh, that's Squirtles. my favorite. Um, Charizard. Um, wow, I'm really, I'm gonna, I mean, anyway. Um, but the point is, is that you can't communicate with them. And so, like, yeah, in these consoles, people are like, we literally tell them, Magic Wand, tell us what you want. And all they do is tell us what they don't want. They're like, well, I don't want, I'm like, that's not how you make wishes. You can't, you're not like, tell me what you want. Well, I don't want this and I don't want that. I'm like, you're going to have a bad time if that's the it's only way. You try to make it more abstract. It's like, well, tell us what your life looks like and what your family life looks like. You're like, well, my dad was never there for me growing up. And so what I don't want is to be in the gym all day. My kids. And you're like, you guys are real shit with magic wands, but I get it. It's but not anyway, funny, it's but like it's the, funny the, when you've been through it. Like, think about a camera as a magic wand that has the ability to tell stories in a better or worse way. Um, and your coaches are sure as shit not magicians. <laughs> and and they, they don't have a magic quality camera. No. Well, I know that if someone were to look at the, the feed of photos that I posted when we first opened versus towards the, the end of the gym, they're very different, like, you know, I post more pictures of people smiling and laughing and, and just, you know, hanging out together versus, you know, you know, oh, Instagram will let me put on 10 photos and they're just all fuzzy photos of people jumping, lifting and, you know, hopefully not looking like terrible. On a long enough timeline, most people figure it out incidentally because like Tony said, there's somebody connected to the box that has a reasonable skill set and a reasonable piece mm. of equipment. 
And the first time they come in and snap even like 30 or 40 good picks and put them in something shareable, and you see the community take it and run with it, where you're like, oh my God, 10 people changed their profile pictures on social media to like pictures of them in my business. That's good for business. We should do more of that. We should find more people that are good at this with good equipment and let them do this thing. Mm. And even though most affiliates, I would say, have had that experience probably within their first three years, how consistently does anything happen with it? How often do photo shoots get organized? How often do you use real actual photography for like apparel drops? How often do you get real creative for social media, like paid stuff? Like, I don't know. It's wild. Mm. And I think it becomes not a, it's not thought of as a priority, particularly if there's a dollar spend attached to it, that they can see a return of investment for, I'm going to pay someone X amount to do, you know, photos versus, well, I'm just paying out their money. What They don't see the correlation to the potential return on investment for that. Well, I mean, listen, nobody, none of you guys opened a gym because you wanted to be photographers, right? Like that's mm. it would have been a terrible idea. And yet, so we're here talking about taking photos. And the real reason that we're talking about that is that like, you don't got enough customers. Right? Like, mm. let me tell you right now, it's probably not a terrible use of your time, but it's definitely not the fastest, most effective use of your time to get more people in the door. Right. And like mm. the nature of the conversation of the, of the post that went out today was, are you for likes or are you for or whatever day it went out? Are you for likes or are you for lives? And that's the difference, right? That's the reason why that post was created though, is that like you guys got into this because you wanted to change lives. You didn't do this because you wanted to create an, a cult following and become an Instagram influencer. You did this because you wanted to change lives. Can you help do that by taking photos, better photos? Absolutely. But invest in it the same way, right? If, if you're here to change lives, are you telling that story through your photographs? Generally speaking, and this, this is, you know, a truth that is, you take it as you will, but like the vast majority of your gym did not come there to get their picture taken. Do they, do they care when they get their picture posted? Maybe not, but I can tell you that there's definitely people in the gym who do. Right. And so like you didn't, that's not really what nobody signed up to the gym to be like, I want to get my photo taken in the middle of a workout. Right. Like that's just not how it worked. And so it's not a good use of anybody's time. It's not necessarily something that somebody should be focused on. Yes. You need leads. Yes. You need people. You need things of that nature. Engage somebody that can help you do those things. That's not your coach taking haphazard photos that he's going to store on his phone for the rest of the duration of time and likely will never see the light of day to begin with. And they tell a poor story. Hmm. tell the right story engage in it and then just have somebody professional do it but the bottom line is you got to remember what you're here for and that's lives not likes yeah and i see i still see and it still makes my eyebrows twitch but one of the best pieces of advice i had early on was capture moments not movements and so you know i tried to give people that brief but you know i'll still see uh crossfit affiliates to this very day posting you know, their daily post is someone on the floor, a sweaty mess, and they go. Because that's cool to a CrossFit affiliate owner, right? It's yeah. cool to a coach, right? It's like, that's amazing. And so, you know, <clears throat> this is part of, like, why we will never seek to give advice or tell somebody, like, hey, here's your content calendar. Because mm. for some tribes, for some communities, for some cultures, like, that is a big piece of it for for people that are there as well as people that they want to be there. Like that is part of the expectation that they want to curate. It's part of like their image, their brand, their own value mm. structure. Um, 
Is it where the the greatest ability to change lives is? Probably not. Is it where the greatest ability to curate dollars is? Probably not. But, you know, it is an answer. But just, like, let it be fucking deliberate and intentional. If nothing else, you know, sit down and at least pause for hesitation. Be like, with any picture or video that we're taking and putting out, what is the story that we're telling? And who is it speaking to? And how is it speaking to them? Mm versus just whacking 20 of your photos, doing a daily photo dump and just letting it, let it ride. Yeah. Or like, or if it really just is like checking boxes, then like, great. Be okay with that. But don't be mad when you have some unmet expectation. We are like, mm. man, people aren't just like blowing us up to join the gym. And you're like, well, why would they? Yeah, your last photo was someone's back view as they're throwing up at the back fence. Like, it's not necessarily, <laughs> you know, the look you want to engender. Come on, you know. The ending question is, why are you doing it, right? Mm. I mean, and we could probably wrap up on this thought too. Is that like, so why are you doing it? Because they haven't. They're gonna. Because uh, I need to, right? Like, so what are you measuring? So if we're doing this, like, how are you measuring? Is this a good use of your time? Is this something you should be doing? And th that is the fundamental sort of conversation with it is that I'm not inherently saying that you shouldn't do it or coaches shouldn't take the pictures or, or there's not a value of it. As long as you can tell me what you're measuring and how it's objectively improving. So if you can tell me that like posting, shit posting, client photos, mid-workout regularly on a day-to-day -day basis is directly and inherently leading to XYZ in number of leads, game on i'm with it right it is, if that's your goal but if you're just doing it like many affiliate owners do for the sake of just doing something so that you can be busy so you can take a shot in the dark because nothing is working so you're trying a little bit of everything stop trying everything and start measuring what you do to see if it's worth doing and then you know if it's worth continuing but if you're not measuring it it's just like fitness walking to a global gym and touching every single piece of equipment is not going to get you fitter hmm. But if you don't know what you're doing, that might seem like a good solution. And so this posting of the photos and this distracted attention and trying all these things is literally that conversation. It's checking or tracking or trying everything that you could possibly do with the hopes that something does in fact work. And if it does work, then success. But you need to tell me how you tracked it and you knew it, not just mm. felt that it worked. Mm. And... That is a good point to uh, to leave this one on, I guess, and it comes back to that conversation that we've had many times about, you know, what gets measured uh, gets ma managed. Yeah. And if you don't have a metric, you don't know if it's working or not. You need more people. I want you to have more people. Let's get more people. But maybe we need to know if it's working or it's not working. Yeah. And stop distracting your coaches with everything else. Oh, let them coach. Let the coaches coach. Let the cleaners clean. Let the closers close. Let this, you know, stop stre stretching them out. I mean, listen, sometimes you'll find a good coach is a great cleaner. High five. Good coach might be a good closer. That's just not going to be the rule. It's the exception. Yeah. I found that my coaches were always happier when I took things away from them on the floor and just had them just coach, do their thing, rather than I fell in the trap of, this, no one's their L1 to this. learn how to fucking put toilet paper in the bathroom. Yeah. No. 
And as soon as you take away those expectations and it seems to take the pressure valve off and they can be free to just interact with the people and do their thing. Everyone's happier. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good chat, my friends. Uh, and we will talk again soon on the next one. Bye-bye. See you very Bye. soon. Thank you, my friend, for listening to the Fitfiliate podcast. If you would be interested in hopping on a free call with us to just kind of chat about what you think your problems are and what you think the gap is between where you're at and where you want to go, we can see if maybe we can help you along that journey, figure out if we're all a good fit to do some sweet things together. So click the link, set up a consult. Let's help you identify some problems that we can mutually solve.